Welcome to the Asbury Park Vibes podcast. Asbury Park Vibes is dedicated to sharing information about the live music scene in the Asbury Park area, as well as the bands who've traveled through. Asbury Park Vibes can be found on the web at asburyparkvibes.com, where you will find music reviews, photographs, and interviews of the music we find engaging, interesting, and enjoyable. We thank you for tuning in, downloading, or just stumbling upon our podcast. Hi, everybody. It's Diane DeMemo from Asbury Park Vibes with our Artist Spotlight series. And I'm sitting here today with all indie rock band Above the Moon from Madison, New Jersey. You were alone. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we have Kate, uh, who is the lead vocalist and plays guitar. Um, Sean, also with vocals, and he's guitar, lead guitar, correct? Correct. Okay. Uh, Christopher Mangan, um, I'm sorry if I got that wrong <laughs> with bass. No, all good. <laughs> and John Gramulia, I just asked him how to say it, on um, percussion. You Thank nailed you. it. Yeah. So I'm just going to get right into it, you know, with quarantine and everything, it's pretty mundane, challenging times, but I have to say your recently released video, A Garden in Your Mouth, was one of my highlights oh, <laughs> over yeah. the past month. Um, very cool. Super entertaining, very funny, a nice distraction. How did you pull that off remotely from each other? Uh, well, I mean... Uh... Actually, filming the stuff wasn't too hard. Uh, Sean and I were kind of talking about with the release coming up, you know, we had another video in mind that we had filmed, but it wasn't going to be edited and ready in time. So we kind of wanted to put out some type of visual before the actual EP release. Um, and so we were batting around some ideas. And originally, it was going to be a lyric video, like, you know, where they hold up the signs. But now that we were separated, that would have been way too hard to coordinate the handwriting and is the signs big enough and, and the timing of it. Um, so we just decided to film ourselves doing whatever we're doing. And um, I kind of harassed the guys for a couple weeks to just send me everything. And uh, I put it all together in Premiere Pro and it, it works pretty good. It was a little struggle to figure it out at first, but once you get the hang of it, it's, it's not too bad. It really uh, kind of encapsulated what we're all going through right now from the the, the piling up of the toilet paper <laughs> to playing, you know, just like to do something silly to playing the game with, you know, where you had the, uh, the thing. I, I, it was hilarious. I, I love the wigs that, you know, that you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I hope everyone sees that. I will put it up on the page for everyone to see. It was very enjoyable um, and a great song. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. I thought it was super funny how we we all kind of reverted back to like doing stuff like I know speaking for myself like do, going back to doing Legos and riding my bicycle all kinds <laughs> of stuff like just to keep us busy it was so funny like Chris playing video games on his couch all doing like stuff back from childhood is like kind of funny how, how we all kind of did sort of similar stuff and playing connect connect four with the dog yeah <laughs> I laughed through the whole thing so really well done Thanks. Awesome. Um, speaking of Garden in Your Mouth as a single off of your new album, Stay Awake, um, how has this, um, this is your fourth album, how have you grown into this album for your, from your past three albums? How, how has your sound changed and where are you now compared to where you were at the last album? Sean, that's a you question. <laughs> I, I feel like we were, um, I think the last time we were Definitely more, not not hesitant, but we were new. We had Chris in the band who was new, um, taking over for bass. I used to play bass on the last, uh, the first two EPs, and then our guitarist left, so I switched over. So things were a little bit different um, from just how we were structured. So I feel like when we first went in, and we went in with a new producer, Joe Reinhardt, so in Philly. So th everything was new. So I feel like the last time um, we got our bearings and we kind of learned a lot of things in the studio where, uh, you know, from like a timing perspective and tonally, like how we wanted to come, come at this next one. And Joe kind of helped us, helped us get there. So I think this next time when we went in, we did several demos in my home studio here, um, just to kind of really prepare for getting down, uh, down in Philly and, and working hard. So. It, um, I think the evolution is, is pretty evident there. I also think that the songs kind of gelled a little bit more this time around, um, just because it was all new collaboration right from the start. So it was pretty cool to see, see some of these songs evolve. Some of them we had even from when we recorded the last EP and mm -hmm. we just kind of worked them and worked them. One of them that Chris brought in the last song on the album, um, Karma, it, it, was, it was one that we've been trying for a while and it finally clicked. So I think that was different from for the songwriting process. I think we started really collaborating. Even in quarantine, we're doing more of that now, I think, yeah. than ever, even, even though we're separated. So it's pretty cool to see where this, whatever we're gonna record next, uh, evolves into. Is there something um, on this album in particular that is a band favorite, something you're most proud of? Oof. Hmm. I think from my perspective, I think it's the, Sean, the song that Sean mentioned, uh, Get Yours, Karma. Um, to his point, you know, it was a song that we workshopped for a long time. Um, you know, most of the time our process is driven by like, you know, Sean or Kate bringing a riff or a lick to the table or lyrics or whatever it might be. Um, Chris brought this one to the table and I think we all love this song. We worked on it for a long time. Um, and I think we, we loved it going into the studio, but once we got in the studio, um, for me personally, hearing how it came to life with, you know, different tones and just the energy of it, um, it was super magical, honestly. And uh, that's for sure my favorite because I think that song has been in the works for the longest. And it's just, uh, it's been, it was so much fun to, to lay down and to hear it back was, was super satisfying. Yeah. 
I think I would agree. I mean, I think we each have different favorites on the EP, but I think as far as one as a collective that we're proud of, that's probably the one, just because we've worked on it for so long. And Sean mm. and I were talking the other day, you know, we have demo versions of older songs and suddenly they'll pop up on, on our Spotify or our iTunes. And sometimes like that one in its earliest stages will pop up. And I'm like, this yeah, song is it was cool. so different. Song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, I, don't, I know this, but I don't know this. And then when I hear the one that we did, it's like, oh, this is what it was supposed to be. So. <laughs> so this led me, um, some of your answers led me, like John, your answer um, also led me to one of my questions for later, but I'm going to jump into it right now. Um, mm -hmm. You all have a hand in this songwriting. It sounds like you do. Do you, do you work together or do you work separately on your songwriting and then come together as a group? Today? Like you were saying, Kate will have this riff that you'll work off of. What's more mm -hmm. common to you, for you to be together as a group and work together? or to work separately and then bring it to the table? Sure, I think, um, well, I could, I could touch on it and then Kate, I think you could kind of nail this, but um, I think every, all these songs really start with a spark from an individual member, um, but really once we, I think once we get together, it kind of, kind of really comes to life. And I think Kate, you can probably go into a little bit more um, than I can. Yeah, I mean, basically that's exactly how it is. A lot of the times I'll have an idea or Sean will have an idea and sometimes we do a lot of ironing things out just in terms of a verse, a chorus, a pre-chorus between each other, because I'll have pieces of things and he'll have pieces of things and we kind of see what we can marry together. But like John said, a lot of the times when we bring it to practice, it very often becomes something completely different. And it's something, if it's something that I mostly wrote when we played as a band and I leave practice, I think, okay, well, that's not at all what I was thinking, but this is better. So this sounds great. Um, <laughs> But as Sean was saying, even in quarantine, we're writing a lot. You know, I got a riff from Sean the other day. I got a riff from uh, Chris the other day. So I, I don't know if our process has changed that much now that we're separated. But as Sean was saying, it might have even made us more collaborative because we're in touch more now than ever before. So I'm kind of interested to see what happens when we are able to get together, because now we have all this new material that started differently than what we're used to. That's really cool. That's, that's interesting. Thing to hear you say that you're probably very productive in your own spaces and and you know kind of generating a lot of material and sharing it with each other uh right. and, you know yeah that's yeah. great but that's awesome you know backtracking just a little bit for those who might not be super familiar yet with your band above the moon how did you all come together uh how did your band name come about how long have you been together okay chris yeah, this we one's um, yeah, as far as the band name, um, we were all astrology majors uh, back in college. So, uh, no, not sure. <laughs> I wasn't even in the band when the band was formed. You guys take over that one. <laughs> John, thanks for this. Yeah, yeah. That's our fun answer. Yeah. But Sean, as far as the, the band name, um, I think, you know, well, to, to start at the beginning, we we, formed, we got together on Craigslist. Um, so it wasn't one of these weird, creepy things. It was a, <laughs> it was a different Craigslist story, which is awesome. Um, you know, Kate, uh, I put out an ad saying bassist or guitarist out there looking for looking for bands. And there were a lot of things coming back to me for uh, ACDC cover bands and all these other things that I wasn't, it just wasn't my thing. Um, no offense, I, mean, I love ACDC, but I just, it wasn't what I was looking for. So, um, you know, when Kate sent this this email and uh, I heard the songs, I was like, this is amazing. And then to find out that she literally lived in the same town as me and I could walk to her house, basically, it was kind of crazy. Um, so that's how we initially started. And uh, 
she had a guitarist at the time that was in the band um, and we needed a drummer. And the first person I thought of was John is we always worked together. And um, I always tried to pull him into some of the projects I was doing that maybe was more cover based. And he was like, no, I, I do only originals. So I knew he was looking for something. Um, and as soon as he joined, it was just, we, we, we took off from, from the beginning. And we wrote four songs before we even played a gig, uh, went into the studio, cut our first EP and uh, played our first gig the next month, really. So um, it kind of started pretty quickly, even though this will be five years for us, which is kind of hard to believe. Wow. Um, yeah, and then uh, like like I mentioned before, guitarist left. Um, I always was more of a guitar guitar player than bassist. Um, and uh, Kate mentioned she had she had a friend Chris who plays bass, and uh, which was great because he's definitely a bassist. <laughs> I know he plays guitar too, but um, it was nice to have someone that that had that foundation. Um, and and uh, so things have evolved from there. And that creative energy seemed to be present right from the very beginning when you all got together. There wasn't any learning curve, it sounds like. No, I think the no. chemistry was very quick. Um, I, like to Sean's, uh, what Sean was kind of mentioning, you know, speaking for myself, we always were trying to get together. We had jammed like a couple times and it always felt really good, but we could just never get it together for uh, like a real shot. Um, so once we were able to get in there and do it for real and 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 to jam with Kate and everything. It just felt really good and the energy was for sure there. Yeah, all good. I think what helped too is like John and Sean had this friendship that was based in a different place and then Chris and I had a deep friendship. So I think when you get everyone in the room together and then like Sean and I became very good friends. So like everyone just, this is very much a friend situation, which is nice because I've been in lots of bands where it's you know, I have friends and then I have the band that I'm in and it's kind of hard to enjoy that when you're not really close with people. Um, so I think that's helped with our collaboration. And then just to jump on to, you asked about the band name, we always use the astrology thing because we don't actually have a real answer for the band name. Uh, Sean mentioned when we were recording the first EP, uh, we didn't have a name and the guy was asking us like, how do I save this? Like, what, what am I calling this? Um, and at the time we had a song Moon, which ended up on our second EP. Uh, and we were really into it and we liked working on it. And so we were just kind of throwing out phrases with that word in it. And somehow this one stuck. I We have no idea how it happened. Yeah. <laughs> Great <Sure>. story for it, though. <laughs> story. You don't have to make stuff up there, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was a better story. <laughs> it was good. Um, you had brought up the fact that you're all friends, and that was actually one of my questions that I like to ask also. Other than the music that you play together, do you like to hang out socially? Do you guys do things other than music together? We tried to. We tried to. I mean, like when, when the world was normal, we would get together once a week for practice. Um, yeah. But a lot of that time is spent talking about our favorite TV shows, movies, what are we doing over the weekend? We actually just had a couple. We did a... a Zoom hangout a couple nights ago. We played games a couple nights ago on Zoom. So whatever, whatever we can, we try. Yeah. That's great. Now, um, with all of you individually as musicians, um, you know, when did you at some, what event or um, let's say what artist, a song, a concert, what one thing was the spark that made you realize music was going to be such a large part of your lives? You could each take this one. I'm interested to know what if you can remember an event or something that just really made you think, whoa, this is what I want to do. So I'll go first. Um, for me, it was MTV uh, when I was a kid. Um, so I was, you know, I was born in 83. MTV was, you know, a couple of years in, I believe. And uh, um, 
I remember watching like I've well, I remember I've seen videos of me watching MTV as like a three year old and, you know, getting like the wooden spoons out and trying to like play along with like the beat to songs and everything like that when I was a little kid. And uh, I think from there, I always knew I was going to be like a drummer. I never really had the passion or interest to play anything else like a string instrument or anything. But uh, for me, it was MTV for sure. Hearing all that music and just like being around it, you know, all the time. And I was consuming a lot of TV at that point, as, as a lot of people were. And uh, it just really clicked with me, I think. Plus, my parents always played a lot of music around the house and it always sort of did something for me. But um, the drums were always, always it. It was instinctually, I think, in me um, from a young age. So that was me. Um, personally. <laughs> for me, for me, my influence and I'm talking going back to 12, 13 years old, um, I was big into the grunge scene, which I missed, obviously, because I was probably about five years old during that time. But uh, bands like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, um, Alice in Chains, the Soundgarden, those were like, that's what um, started me, uh, started my interest in music generally. Those were my first CDs. Um, so it all, I, I think somewhat of my style is related back to the grunge theme, but that's that for me, that's definitely where it all started. Um, I think for me, it's kind of hard. Uh, the one thing I really remember is being maybe as young as Chris was saying, like, I guess wh whatever you are in sixth grade. But I remember being in sixth grade and I have this vivid memory of talking to my friends and telling them that I just bought the Presidents of the United States of America CD. And <laughs> one girl turned to me and said, oh, my brother just got that. And I was like, oh, cool. And she was like, he's in college. And I just remember thinking in that moment, like, OK, this is weird. Like. <laughs> I have a different taste than than people my age um, and I just have always been drawn to like heavy music and, and driving guitars and drums and then eventually in middle school I just figured rather than listen to it I'd like to try to play it like I think I can do this so that's for me that's the one memory that stand out yeah uh, similar to Chris that that whole you know 90s grunge kind of thing I mean I'm the elder statesman here but uh, I remember vividly going to uh, see Foo Fighters in 1995 in New York and it was just like being 12 and seeing like all these people rocking out and you know mm -hmm. just them owning that stage it was insane so like that's I remember I very vividly remember that concert so um that was kind of was like I'm really into guitar now like that was like the time <laughs> I always was playing but that was like I was like I want to do that so absolutely cool I mean, I, I'm, I don't have much of a musical bone in my body, and I feel like whenever I see the Foo Fighters, that's what I want to do, too. <laughs> <laughs> They're amazing. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so you, you describe your, your music, um, I'm going to just quote from what you have on uh, Facebook, rooted in a nine, 90s unpretentious vibe woven with Indian pop melodies. Um, so... Um, what artists specifically, um, you already named some, but are there any specific artists that influence ATM's type of music? Um, I know that we were just talking about artists that gave you an inspiration to enter the world of music, but are there uh, specific artists that, let's say, have a similar vibe in their music that, that you like to listen to and um, derive inspiration in that way? Yeah, Especially as far as... As far as coming up with individual uh, guitar parts, catchy melodies, um, mm -hmm. things like that, for me personally, I think Bayside is one of my favorite 
go-tos um, as far as contemporary music that like I not try to emulate, but we'll definitely steal things here and there from because their guitar parts are just like phenomenal. So I think they're a good benchmark for um, when I'm trying to come up with some kind of riff that's catchy and melodic. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Also a big Bayside fan. Um, as far as contemporary artists, I'm really into the Beths from, they're from New Zealand, right, Sean, I think? Yeah. Um, so they've got this awesome mix of like rock, but that pop thing on top of it. Um, mm -hmm. Personally, I'm, which is not similar to our music, I'm really into singer songwriters. So I think maybe like the pop melody end comes from there. So I'm really big into Katie Tunstall and Sarah Bareilles. I listen to them a lot. And their music is a lot different than what we play, but when I hear our music, I can kind of hear them a little bit in there and some of the vocal lines and the lyrics and stuff. Okay. Yeah, I was hoping that that question was a little bit different from the previous one. I know that <laughs> it was, it was. <laughs> yeah. um, if someone comes to your performance uh, for the first time or sees Above the Moon uh, for the first time, what do you want them to um, take away from your performance? What do you want them to, to um, their first impression of about the moon to be when they see that first time. I want. I want. I want them to come and and I don't know. I think kind of hear like the awesome lyrics that Kate brings to the table. Um, you know, I think our stuff is pretty catchy. Um, uh, I want them to feel the energy of us. I feel like once we get out there on stage, the the four of us, I feel like we really put it all out there. I mean, once, you know, once we're done with a couple songs, we're all looking at each other and we're drenched in sweat and I could, I'm looking over at Chris and he's sweaty and Sean's got his classic white towel on his amp and everything <laughs> like that. I, we're, we're, try, we're trying to lay it all out there and, and, and really bring the energy so people feel it. And I, I, I hope that they do. Um, cause we, we do go out there and, and give it our all anytime we play, whether it's, you know, at the Asbury hotel playing acoustic or it's, you know, at, at the saint hopefully we'll be back you know uh you know all those places so um that's what i hope they feel but um the unpretentious vibe for sure you know we're just going out there being ourselves and, and just trying to you know bring the best music forward that we all we like to play and we hope like everyone else likes it too so it's kind of what we bring gotcha yeah um you're um i believe it was on i can't remember where i read that you um your hometown is Madison, New Jersey. I'm not sure if each one of you is from Madison. No, no, no. no, I'm, no. The, I'm the sole <laughs> resident of Madison now, but we, uh, we practice in my my space. We, uh, my wife and I bought a house several years ago, and it actually came with a recording studio, like soundproofed and everything. So this has kind of been our home base. So we just count it since we need some place. <laughs> might, well, might as well be here. That's a reason in and of itself to buy a house. Oh, <laughs> kind of was. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, did, do you think that um, sometimes I listen to music, you know, a lot of our New Jersey artists, um, you know, I feel like our sounds are influenced in a little bit, a little bit by where we are from. Do you feel that New Jersey um, somewhat influences your sound? Or is that hard to really, you know, I don't know. It, if that if that's possible but uh, I, I think it was it's an interesting question i've never yeah, really thought about question. that um i'm thinking about this ep and like some of the vibe of the songs are a little bit more edgy and punky and i always kind of feel like new jersey has like kind of a rough around the edges type of feel you know um, took the words out of my mouth yeah in that way yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah i was just 
Yeah, it's the first time I ever asked that question, but I just, you know, I was just wondering if, if you felt like the area helped shape your music or not. I wasn't sure. I, I think so. I think it's got, especially this EP, um, lyrically speaking, the the riffs and the leads that Sean's playing, you know, I think it has some attitude to it, um, more so than our other recordings. So, like, hell yeah, it's Jersey-fied. I think so. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> not, not like Springsteen, Bon Jovi kind, but... <laughs> no, it's a, little, a, little, a little more... More, more Gaslight Anthem. Kind yeah, of. right, right. Agreed. Where are you all happiest? Are you all happiest in the studio, on stage, 50-50? What do you like best? Uh, personally, I like uh, in, in Sean's studio best, where we practice. Um, I like to write stuff yeah. on my own. I do enjoy playing shows, and I love recording, but I think my favorite part of the whole process is when we pick apart a song together at practice, and it becomes the thing that it will be. I just get a lot of enjoyment there. I mean, I love being in the studio, but there's a little bit of pressure there and it's a little nerve wracking. Same thing with being on stage. There's a lot of pressure. You want to make sure you get everything right. But I feel like in the practice space, it's like make mistakes, try weird stuff. And we're always kind of pleasantly surprised. So personally for me, that's that's where I'm happiest. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I really do like the, the studio too. I think, um, and we talked about, you know, we've been talking about this, like the next thing we do, what do we want to do? Do we want to maybe, do some things more seriously in this studio and bring it to some of the mix or record drums somewhere. So we might um, try to try to see what happens uh, with, with the recording next that uh, we're comfortable too. Um, but I think one thing that Kate mentioned too is you know when we're all together and collaborating and, and picking apart things, one thing that we've been doing um, to raise funds for, for our EP, because obviously studio time's expensive, is um, ask people if they wanted to donate, uh, you know, buy a cover song we'll we'll play it for them. So we've been so through that process we got several submissions all songs that maybe we didn't know or um you know some that we did that we had to reinterpret. Um so I think that that whole process really gave us some perspective to cut things apart as well here. Um and we just did a, a one recently even from quarantine uh, one of the holdovers from that we couldn't accomplish before this all happened. Um which was um, Why You Want to Break My Heart, which is featured in the Wayne's World movie, um, was a suggestion <laughs> by someone. So that one came out and got us thinking, like, why don't we try to do some more of this, um, you know, from quarantine? So we opened it back up on our web store so people can donate and let us keep collaborating. I think it's just a different way to approach um, approach this, just to be looking at someone else's song, how they, how they structured it, the chord changes, the vocal melodies, and reinterpreting it as our own a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, to answer your question, I think I agree with Kate. Being in the studio, being um, in our element where, you know, you don't have to worry about much is, is probably my favorite as well. That's a great idea, too, just to give, uh, you know, to give your listeners something special, really. It's a request on one side. It's very personal. Um, and it's you giving your own spin on something, you know, very different. Uh, that's, that's a great entrepreneur move there. I like that. Scrappy. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. It's been really fun. And yep. like Sean was saying, we get some songs that some of them we're familiar with and we're excited about, but there's been a <clears> couple <throat> of songs I had never heard of before. So just yeah. kind of becoming familiar with new artists and how to, there was one song that was almost more electronic. So we had to figure out that. It's been cool. I've learned a lot. Definitely learned a lot. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Chris and John, um, do you prefer studio or um, live shows? Chris, you go. 
Yeah, it's I'm going to give the boring answer, which is exactly what Kate and Sean said. Um, my favorite part is when Kate is usually the one that will bring the bare bones of a song to practice. And that very first practice where we just start trying different things and uh, just seeing what clicks. And it, it's such a good feeling when like me and John will lock in on the rhythm section and then, uh, you know, that might spark something from Sean. And all of a sudden it's all four of us have a collaborative hand in what Kate brought to the table. So my favorite thing is that moment when Kate brings the song, like just the bare bones and we just tack onto it. Mm. <clears throat> that was a good answer. Um, I, I love being in this studio with uh, these guys for sure as well. Being in, at, um, you know, at Sean's, uh, Sean's studio, it's, really comfortable um it's like a really nurturing environment it's got a great vibe to it um i love it it's awesome to create there i agree with chris when when we start working on that song and we all start trying things and then we you know do like an iphone recording like at the end of the night and then listen to it back a million times like wow this is really great that's <laughs> such a good feeling but i have to say though i think my favorite is really playing live i, I miss playing shows so much um and yeah i just hope we could do that at some point soon sooner rather than later but I think that's my favorite though, being on stage and playing live, plugged in, being able to be really loud. It's nothing yeah. better. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's especially when we play live and we meet new bands and new people, um, you know, yeah. a lot of times we're going to different places. So um, that we've never been and, you know, it, it might be terrible. It might be awesome, you know, so yeah. you never know. And yeah. uh, you meet some great, great people along the way and great bands that become friends. So mm -hmm. um, so I agree, John, I'm, I'm itching to get out there too at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that was one of my big questions for you. Um, you know, with everything that's going on and with the entertainment industry really struggling to, we might possibly be one of the last ones uh, back with what we do. Um, as performers, what do you think would be a good recommendation, like, you know, for how things should change and what should remain the same? You know, when live concerts do come back, do you have any ideas about what would work and um, what we should do? That's a really good question. I hope someone smarter than me is thinking about this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I hope you probably students... have the best answers, though. I bet the performers, I think, might have some of the best answers. I think. Well, I think the first thing to come back. I mean, people are doing all the live streaming stuff, and that's good for a while. But I think everyone's going to get kind of tired of that. I would imagine, and kind of what I hope is going to happen is a lot of smaller venues are going to start popping up and you know, they're going to have to limit how many people are in there and you're going to have to kind of keep your space a little bit. So in a way, it might make for more intimate performances with bands, which I think could be really cool. I'm kind of into that idea. Um, so that's kind of where I see it maybe yeah. starting to yeah. pick up again. Yeah, I, th I think one thing that might be would be good. I think being away and not having access to all this makes people realize like, oh, I really like going to see shows. So oftentimes, We'll play out and you know people are busy and they have this going on they have kids and you know it's it's hard it's life um but i'm hoping that you know through all this people are, are missing that live connection with with bands um and with music i know i miss it so um mm -hmm. there's several concerts even kate and i were supposed to see the Beths when they were coming to new york and that's not happening um but you know it, there's there's things that i definitely miss um about that just so i'm hoping that um one thing that comes out of this is small venues being able to to fit people safely but also people having that passion to make live performance and music a priority to go see mm -hmm. yeah um i agree i also think taking advantage of the 
the warm weather if possible once we hit the fall or something like that you know i feel like if there's any community that's going to be respectful of all you know social distancing guidelines and all that stuff it's artists i feel like they'll kind of have the same vibe like and no one wants to mess it up for anyone so I'm, i'm hoping that we can do more stuff like that too where we can have a little more outdoor fun and keep our distance um and maybe hopefully live stream those performances so if people can't make it they can still see you know real live music um because i'm missing that too you know like it's cool to watch the solo artist do an acoustic thing but i really want to see i want to see bands together energy all that and we all miss it yeah and i started to hear uh i don't know if this is actually happening but uh businesses and restaurants allowing like a 25 percent capacity to limit the number of people in there and i'm kind of hoping that uh the local music venues the ones that we play at probably like kate said one of the smaller ones maybe um starts that route and i don't know maybe masks too in addition to that as like a you know starting point but um i don't know to me that that might be a good place to start and then like john said anything that's um outdoors festivals those kind of things i think would probably be best case scenario yeah yeah that makes sense i know as a photographer i'm not sure if i'll be able to be in the pit again I, i'm hoping that uh you know it's one of our uh the things that we all love to do at Basbury park vibes we love nothing more than capturing those live shots but uh i don't know what's gonna what's in store for us either and like you said kate you know i, I hope someone else is gonna make a good decision for me because i don't really like, <laughs> turn it over and over in my mind thinking you know gosh what's gonna happen i really it's yeah. a scary time. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a tough time. Um, and when those shows do come back, um, is there an artist that each one of you would like to share a stage with, collaborate with? Are there any um, other bands that, that you would like to, um, to do something with in the future? Um, I'll speak, I'll go first. I want to play with our, our buddies in the extensions, you know, from Asbury. Uh, miss those guys um would love to get back with them because it's been too long so i'm voting for them personally awesome they are awesome (laughs) (laughs) that's a good i'm trying to think too there's a couple bands in asbury and other areas we have friends in south jersey and bands that to sean's point before you know when you play new venues you meet new people you make band friends and i think aside from playing the shows which we miss we miss meeting up with those friends because a lot of times that's the only time you really see them because we live in different places and we we meet up at these shows. So I can't think of anyone specifically, but definitely a couple bands in Asbury. It'd be nice just to be like, oh, hey, how have you been? You know, because it's been a while, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We, we talked earlier about the um, way you made music together, but one thing we didn't touch upon were lyrics. Um, now, who is the main lyricist of the band and do you all contribute? Um, I do the lyrics and um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so far it's just me. So far it's just me. Sometimes um, if Chris sends an idea, he will say, you know, like, hey, this phrase was in my head. Or sometimes the guys will name a file a certain thing when they send it. And that will kind of put me in a certain headspace. Uh, but for the most part, I do all the lyric writing. And where, where do you typically get your inspiration from? That's, that seems to be a, a theme in my questioning tonight. I apologize. But where do you get um, get your ideas for songs? Are they mostly personal experiences, or do you are you do you read poetry? Do you where else do you get? Um, um, 
I would say the vast majority is personal experiences, especially on this EP. The one that comes to mind is birthday. That was like a literal thing that actually happened. So sometimes it's easier for me to write about these, like either embarrassing things that have happened or sad things or extremely happy things where I'm just thinking about that one particular memory. Um, a lot of times I'll get ideas for songs if I'm in the car, or I was actually just thinking about this the other day. Whenever I'm at a show, seeing someone live, if I hear a lyric that sticks with me, I open up my notes in my phone and I'll, I'll put that lyric in or I'll put a variation of that lyric. So I was just thinking yesterday, like, I wonder how this is going to affect me because a lot, some of my ideas come from seeing other people live. Um, but for the most part, it's very personal stuff. And like Sean said, we've kind of been bouncing some ideas, some brand new songs since being quarantined. And, you know, it's a little bit about the political climate, a little bit about like what it means to sit at home all this time and miss your family and things like that. So mostly personal. And I like to talk to bands too about uh, sometimes bands have like a message or a theme that that they're trying to project or, you know, message that they're trying to share with their fans. And, um, and you touch upon the personal experiences that I'm sure we can all relate to also. We all ha have similar experiences in our um, lives. But now also, you know, like you said, social issues, political issues. Um, what, uh, what do you hope, uh, as, as you mature as a band, um, I guess, do you feel like your message is changing too? Like that you, you know, first you, your music is more of an introduction to who you are, but then as you continue to grow as a band, you know, now you have different views of what's going on in the world. And do you feel like your lyrics will change with that? Like as almost like as a, as a child grows, the band is growing also and maturing. I, I think so. I think in some ways, I'm, as you're asking the question, I'm thinking back to some of the lyrics and the songs on our very first EP, and some of those are very personal too, but I do think it's become a little bit easier for me to start writing about. I like to write about specific things, but I try to write about them kind of generally so that someone else can listen, and, and whether they interpret it the way I meant to or their own way, it's a success. Um, but I definitely think as we write more songs, we write different types of songs, um, I'm trying to kind of explore ideas that maybe aren't just things that happen to me, you know, or maybe look at them from someone else's perspectives, try to get other people to relate to it. One, one of the biggest compliments I can get is when someone says, this song is my favorite because, and they'll talk about the lyrics. So that's always kind of my goal when I'm writing is like, where's the line that someone's going to say, yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's what I felt. So yeah, that's, that that's how I'm trying to work. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, excellent. So you, you, I've heard several of you say a couple times now, you know, some songs are going back and forth between the, the four of you. So, um, you know, future projects on the horizon, um, you know, next few months, are you aiming at a new single to be released? What, what are you working on? I don't know. I mean, I think we're just, uh, you know, as these, as these, we've been doing EPs because A, they're, they're cheaper to me. Um, B, you never know how long a band's going to last. I mean, these are finite things. You know, you never know what might happen tomorrow. So a lot of times we're trying to just write and release as, as we can. So we did a couple singles. Um, I feel like, you know, in addition to that, a lot of these things that are kind of brought together, even though they might be the last batch of songs that we've, we've written, if we even look back in our demos, some things we, we left by the wayside, just they weren't working. So we've been re reworking some of those as well, um, bringing those back into the fold. But each EP kind of has a theme, I feel like. Um, and Kate has great lyrics, so it makes writing music really hard to to kind of uh, let those lyrics, make sure those lyrics shine and we're not overstepping and making sure that what we're writing kind of 
fits the vibe. Um, so uh, what's coming next? I don't, I don't really know. I think we have uh, we have a, a good batch of songs. Um, as Kate mentioned, some of the songs are kind of complementary to some of these other ones lyrically. Um, you know, one that she's working on is kind of the other side of birthday, which is kind of interesting. You know, so it's pretty cool to see see the evolution and, and what's what's happening. But I think just write a bunch of songs and then whatever sticks, we'll we'll hopefully record soon uh, whenever we can get together. Yeah, well, it's really nice to to just see what great friends you all are and and how much you enjoy the creative process together. I mean, it's just you know, I get I get a vibe from you that just you know is very special that you have a very special group. So it's nice, nice to create with people that you genuinely enjoy being around. So because we've all been in bands before where that wasn't the case, so we're super That's lucky. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really feel that from the four of you. I feel like you're really very close and, and, and genuinely enjoy each other. So I'm sure that's why it comes through so well in your music, which is very, very enjoyable. I love your latest, you know, your latest album. Um, I'm going to put all the links to the music in, um, in your artist spotlight page. And um, I just really want to thank you for taking some time to talk to me tonight. Thank you. This was so nice.